Hey friends, it is Suze. Long time no talk or long time no listen. I don't really know. I am kind of going to go off the cuff on this one. I am sitting at my kitchen table with my laptop open and a massive desktop monitor sitting in the middle of the kitchen table. Pile of papers next to me, my husband's cereal boxes, three of them to be exact. And, um, Yeah, we're keeping this one super real because it is now December and I think of y'all and I think of when autumn comes pretty much every single day. Things have just been really, really, really hard and heavy and griefy and anticipatory griefy and crazy in our household. Hi, I'm Susan, and this is When Autumn Comes. You know, sometimes life just looks a little different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for the mamas and dadas and caregivers, and the people who love them, of course, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into her eyes and explained our child's prognosis. It's a place for the caregivers who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as the darker days and colder temperatures begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it can feel like four seasons in one day. We're here to help you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, help you learn and help you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. The When Autumn Comes podcast is a program of the Apricity Hope Project, a nonprofit organization created to empower, encourage, and restore caregivers of medically complex and disabled children. You can learn more about our project and help support this podcast by visiting www.apricityhope.org autumn. Where are we now? Let me catch you guys up. It is December, like I said, and my house is a wreck. The garland that I hung yesterday with electrical tape has fallen down off of my front door. My front yard has, I think we're up to 16 inflatable creatures in it. I was someone who said that I would never, ever have inflatable creatures at Christmas time. Partially because I hate how they look during the day, like these squashed little things all over the yard. But it's just not my style. However, it is apparently Benji's style. And the way things have been going for the last two weeks, ah, two weeks, two months, the last two months, today is Friday and Monday marked eight weeks of crazy. So for the last eight, almost nine weeks, Benji went from super stable, we'll say 10 weeks ago, to not super stable almost nine weeks ago. So let me tell you the story. In my head, I just went to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. So in case anybody else has ADHD induced by trauma, I will let you go there in your head while I continue on. So I was invited to go to the White House with 
Alina from Little Lobbyists, and that was such a cool opportunity. We were we were there on the lawn with a bunch of members of the disability community there to honor and recognize how far we've come as a country with the Americans with Disabilities Act and to also acknowledge how much further we have to go. But it was really a cool opportunity. I got to get selfies with the president and the vice president. And I don't care where you stand as far as your political beliefs go. It's still really cool to be at the White House and get pictures with the president and vice president. So that was such a neat opportunity. And I should have Alina on the show and we can discuss that in the near future. But that's not the point of today's episode. That Monday marks the day that we can all kind of look back and go, something's not quite right with Benji. His energy was low. And that week, his energy was low. And yeah, that is like the moment when I can like literally look at my calendar and go, that was the day, that was the week when all of this started. Like many of you know, Benji has been stable since Lorelai passed. Benji has been stable for four years of his life. It has, I mean, stable for a Mito kid. I would not say that he was stable for a typical four-year-old by any means, but for a child with mitochondrial disease, he has been incredibly stable. And I kind of find myself now, two months into his wave of instability, I can kind of find myself going, gosh, did I like take it for granted? Was I so caught up in my grief and my, in my head, in myself, in my nonprofit, in my missing my daughter? Was I just so caught up that I took, took for granted his stability? And most of you have heard me joke over the last four years that Benji is my my husband's son, and Benji has my husband's personality, and they're both very, very serious, and Lorelai has my personality, and we, like, shout rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and glitter and flamingos, like, that, like, pours out of us. I haven't realized how much personality Benji has until these last two months, because he has so not been himself. Without getting into all of the details, because it's a lot, but without getting into all the details, Benji has started having seizures. And they're not normal seizures because neither of my kids ever do normal. And it took a little while to get the medical team on board and say, like, I mean, I told all of them something wasn't right. And... Eventually, after an EEG that didn't catch anything, we bumped some Keppra and we've played with meds and we over-medicated him because who knew he was incredibly fickle with medications. We are now on a one-month plan to get him transitioned to a different seizure medication. And fingers crossed that will help. However, (laughs) one month from right now is Christmas. So this next month, I know, is going to be really, really difficult. So where does that leave all of the things? Where does that leave me? I have been leading 
retreats for medical moms. And I found myself at the end of the last one going, gosh, I wish I could attend a retreat. I love hosting them. I absolutely love hosting them. But I need one because right now things are not okay. And I need a few days where people make me food and I can talk about my feelings instead of just helping other people talk about their feelings. I am in a weird place where I don't feel like I fit in with the medical moms, partially because I have Lorelai in heaven and Benji on earth, so I don't quite fit in, partially because I am now leading retreats. And I feel like when I was behind the microphone only, I was just another voice. And now I kind of feel like I'm leading the party, which is really, I'm not opposed to it. I love, 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 love coordinating retreats and planning parties and making things magical. I love it. But I've been struggling, partially because I don't feel like I fit in. Like I said, I don't feel like I fit in with the medical moms because of Lorelai. And then I don't fit in with the bereaved moms because of Benji. And I know that there are a lot of bereaved moms that have other children. But I have not met any bereaved moms that have other children who are fighting the same exact disease and will also die from that same disease. So I just, I'm in a weird place, y'all. At the last retreat that we had in November, because we've had three of them at the Hot Pink Hideaway, and it is magic, y'all. I, I love what I'm doing right now. I loved it a little bit more when my son was stable. Because right now I feel like my brain is going in a hundred different directions and I have no idea what day it is when I wake up. I could not live without my calendar on my phone because I literally wake up and I go, okay, what day is it? What time is it? And what appointments do we have? And then I just got this really cool app. I can't remember what it's called, but I'm paying for it. So I'm not even going to name drop what it is because it's not super cheap. But it prioritizes my to-do list for me using AI. I put everything in and it tells me exactly what I need to get done that day because I don't have the mental capacity to handle that decision. So what I was going to say, though, at our last retreat, one of the moms mentioned, you know, Suze, you always say on your podcast, like, I have always wanted to do for my kids and not to my kids. And that is a decision that we made early on in this journey. I do not want to do to them. I only want to do for them. Doing to them would be things that I would feel selfish doing. Like I personally could not leave Lorelai on life support for a very long time because I feel like that would have been doing to her and it would have been for me. But doing for her, doing for Benji right now is finding the right meds and the right everything to get him stable. But last week I had to put my foot down and say, I'm not doing to him anymore. I am not giving him this medicine that is not working and that is actually making him worse. I am, as Benji would say, all done. So at that retreat, I have to interrupt real quick. Hold on. I got to interrupt. There is this tiny little bird. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to post it 
when I share this post, this episode, this tiny little bird sitting outside my window. And she is literally just sitting there. She has been sitting there the whole time I've been talking. And in this picture, you are going to see how messy my house is because that's real life. I'm going to pretend that little bird is Lorelai. And she's like, yay, mama's recording. Okay. So at that last retreat, that mom said, thank you for what you always say about doing, you know, for my kid and not to my kid. She's like, because that has been something that has stuck with me throughout my journey as a medical mom. And I think she's five years into this journey. And that's something that that has helped her when she's making decisions for her child. And then I, being the leaderly person that I am, interrupted her and I was like, wait, this just hit me. You said what I say, that I will only do for him and not to him. But when was the last time I did for me and not to me? I feel like every day I am doing to me. And I am not doing anything for me. I feel like I'm drowning to do everything for Benji. And while that has to happen, some of the stuff that I'm going above and beyond for is to me. So how do I find a balance of doing things for Benji and for me? And one of the things that I had to step back from for a little bit was the podcast because I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to do it. And I want to. I love this podcast. I love getting on a microphone and talking and you guys listening. And that sounds really weird, but can you hear my chair squeaking? I really need to like record in my normal place and not in my bulky kitchen table. And I'm really sorry. I love this podcast, but my time has been so limited the last two months because of Benji, that in order to do for Benji and for me, I needed to cancel the six to eight interviews I had scheduled. And I needed to set this podcast aside for a little bit. And I I wish I could tell you what that means for this podcast, but I don't know. I would love to hear what you guys think of my ramblings, because if this is something that sits well with you, me talking about how things are going in my life, I will absolutely sit behind a microphone for 15 minutes once a week. I think I should do that. I think that's almost, it's basically therapy for me, except my therapist isn't sitting across from me judging and writing things down in his clipboard. Yes, he has a clipboard for me. So yeah, I don't really know. I have a couple recorded episodes that I want to share. I have five or six people that are amazing human beings that have said that they will be on the show. And I want to share their stories. I love doing this. I've just been really limited for time. And I've had to do for me and not to me. But I think and I hope that we're getting to a place now where I can circle back to the podcast because doing the podcast is for me. It brings me joy. It brings me connection with people. And let's be real. It's just fun. Like, this is super fun to do. I mean, not like backpacking Europe or 
sandbars in Key West kind of fun. Totally different level of fun. But I really enjoy doing this podcast. So I I don't know what this means for when you're going to hear from me again. In theory, it would be next week. I have a couple episodes that are recorded. I just have to get my button gear and get them scheduled. Or I have to teach Kristen how to do it because she has offered. I just haven't had five minutes to teach her how to publish said episodes. I'm also kind of a control freak, and I like to listen to everything before it's published. So, you know, maybe, maybe if you guys are okay with it, I can let that go, and I can put it in the hands of Kristen, who has learned how to use the editing software. And if there are glitches, we all know we're human. Maybe I should just let that go. Maybe my 2024, should I make a resolution to let things go? Elsa would be real thrilled and proud, and so would Lorelai. I gotta figure that out. Because right now, where I'm at, I have too much to do by myself. Here I go. Um, here I go. I'm going, I'm going into this. Y'all, I created the Apricity Hope Project, and it exploded very quickly. I had a very important conversation last month, and I was asked what my five-year plan is because they were considering giving us a chunk of money, which would be wonderful because, oh my gosh, does the Apricity Hope Project need money? I digress. But I was asked what our five-year plan is, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? Our five-year plan was to find the perfect headquarters where we could host retreats and meetups and invite people to come there for coffee instead of meeting at Jeremy Coffee Houses. That was our five-year plan. That happened at month seven. Seven months into being a nonprofit, we hit the goal of the five-year plan. Logistically, we hit the goal logistically, but not financially, y'all. And I wake up every morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to pay bills. Oh my gosh, we got to do all the things. And on top of that, you have to host the retreats and you have to record the podcast and you have to do the social media and the website and the caregiver packages and the hospital go bags. And I would say in the last month and a half, I've had so many people tell me how much the Apricity Hope Project means to them. And that means so much to me. I am humbled and shocked. And if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be here doing this, I would have laughed at you. I was in sales and marketing, and I had no idea about the disability community, let alone hot pink beach houses that help caregivers care for themselves instead of their children for five minutes. I am shocked that I'm sitting here at my kitchen table with one kid in heaven and one kid shockingly sleeping soundly right now on my couch because that hasn't happened for a very long time. I'm shocked that I'm running a nonprofit. Shocked that I reached my my financial peak at uh, 22 and I didn't realize it. And all of this I wouldn't trade. I would give myself a few more hours in the day. So maybe my 2024 resolution should be that I figure out how to outsource things better. Maybe that would be my my plan for the new year so that I can continue 
doing all of the things I love, but finding the right people to help me do all of it would be awesome. And like giving up control. I think as caregivers and medical moms, and probably moms in general, I think that we all struggle with control. I am not the only medical mom who is a control freak. I have met enough of you and have hosted enough of you and have interviewed enough of you to know that I am not alone in this. So what what do I have to do? Has anybody cracked the code yet? Like, what do we have to do to give up, to loosen the grip? I think that maybe if I loosen the grip just a little bit, if I let go of a little bit of control, maybe that would be for me. And by keeping control of all of these things, maybe I'm doing to me. So here we all go into the holiday season. And maybe, maybe I try to, try to loosen the grip a little bit. Maybe I get done what I can get done. And maybe I just try to do for me, for my family, for Benji, at least for, you know, the next 30 days. I can't handle 30 days, right? We'll see. It's the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking around my house at all the things that need to be set up and done. We'll see. So, y'all, I'll catch you. I'll catch you later, okay? I don't want to say I'll see you next week because who knows? In the meantime, I hope everybody is doing well. I hope that if you were listening to this in a hospital or on a couch next to your little one or while you're sitting in your car sipping Starbucks by yourself alone in a parking lot, that sounds so lovely, doesn't it? I hope that you are okay and I hope that you are able to take some time to do for you and not to you. This is Suze. I am going to go get the bird out of my screen porch, which I'm not even kidding. The little bird that I was talking about, he is now on the screen porch. I had to pause three times to try to get him out. He is now in my screen porch, not on my deck. So I'm going to go fish out the bird. Fish the bird out. I'm going to go scoop the bird. I'm going to go try to get the bird off my screen porch. Y'all stay hopeful and I'll talk to you next time.